Hi everyone, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Rachelle, and this is Bible Readings with 806. Buenos dias. Yo, yo, yo. With your plastic bag on your head. That's how we do. This is this is how we do. What did we should do video? Should we do video as well? Absolutely not. <laughs> That would be interesting. Um, the one then to distract them from the word of God. Eh, the beauty, Abby. The beauty. I know, I know. This is what happened to Sarah. This is what happened to Rebecca. Their beauty was so much that their husbands feared for their own lives. There we go. So, yeah, we don't want that to happen to... Yeah, let's just stick it to the word of God. Amen. How you doing, Chelsea? I'm brilliant. And yourself? I'm blessed. <laughs> him. With the Chelsea lip wink. No, don't try it. It's fine, it's fine. I have my own sauce. So in Genesis 31, we looked at Jacob fleeing from Laban. Laban. To this day, I still don't know what we're supposed to be saying. Tomato, tomato. Sa, sa, sa. Um... And he catches up with him, cusses him out. Rachel stole the idols. And then they they make a treaty. Now, Laban goes his way. Jacob now continues on his journey. So Genesis 32 is going to be looking into that journey. So here we go. Drum roll, please. As Jacob started on his way again, angels of God came to meet him. When Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, this is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanaim. Then Jacob sent messages ahead of his brother, Esau, who was living in the region of Seir, in the land of Edom. He told them, give this message to my master Esau. Humble greetings from your servant, Jacob. Until now, I have been living with Uncle Laban. And now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks of sheep and goats, and many servants, both men and women. I have sent these messages to inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. Uh-huh. Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household along with the flocks and herds and camels into two groups. He thought, if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives. And you promised me, I will treat you kindly. I am not worthy of the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. Oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me, along with my wives and children. But you promised me I will surely treat you kindly, and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore, too many to count. Jacob stayed where he was for the night. Then he selected these gifts from his possessions to present to his brother Esau. 200 male goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 
20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 10 female donkeys, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. He divided these animals into herds and assigned each to different servants. Then he told his servants, go ahead of me with the animals, but keep some distance between the herds. He gave these instructions to the men leading the first group. When my brother Esau meets you, he will ask, whose servants are you? Where are you going? Who owns these animals? You must reply, they belong to your servant Jacob, but they are a gift for his master Esau. Look, he is coming right behind us. Jacob gave the same instructions to the second and third herdsmen and to all who followed behind the herds. You must say the same thing to Esau when you meet him and be sure to say, look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. Jacob thought, I will try to appease him by sending gifts ahead of me. When I see him in person, perhaps he will be friendly to me. So the gifts were sent on ahead while Jacob himself spent the night in the camp. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his eleven sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob alone, all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the, ma the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your, na your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. Poor, poor Jacob. Yeah, poor, poor Jacob. I like that when they name places, like it remains. How, what, how, how does it remain? Like it's not like there's. I wonder, I guess it's, if, if you start referring to it and your servants will refer to it as whatever you refer it to. It's like a reference point. Yeah. So if I start calling this, I don't know, East. And everyone else goes to East. And then even everyone else around them will copy after those around them. Because it would just be more confusing if you were going to call it something else. Yeah. So it just makes more sense to just call it what everyone knows it to be. Yeah. Maybe. I wonder. Because, yeah, it's, I mean, also he's passing through, so he didn't remain there. So I don't know if he... Were wrote they it writing, on the stone. They wrote it on the stone and left it there. This is Peniel. And to this day... I mean, to be honest, there's a times in the Bible when we read like this place was called this, but then it was also say it was it's also called this and also called that. So does it really stick to this day? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Probably to the time that it was written. I mean it's like this place is called eight oh six. There we go. It will forever be eight oh six, wherever we go. We will we will forever refer to it as eight oh six. But maybe not 
you know, people 10 years from now if the door number should change? We need to find somewhere to engrave it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the tiles. Um, and hide it behind, the, you know, somewhere. Later six was here. Um, I find it interesting that he he is he is putting himself in the position of the servant with regards to Esau. Yes. You know? He 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 makes sure that not only is he saying that he is the servant, but he's also saying my master Esau. When he knows that's not the case, but he's fearing for his life. Yeah, he's just screwed. He wasn't scared when he knew that um, Uncle Laban was pursuing him. Mm-mm. Because he knew he was in the right. Mm-hmm. But now he is fearful because he knew he's in the wrong. Mm-hmm. He knew that this is the repercussions of his actions so long ago. So his conscience is is, is gripping him. And there's not much you can do about that. No. Except pray for mercy. And 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 yeah. And I love that he says, I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown me. Yeah. I love this spirit. You have to know yourself. <laughs> No, you're unworthy. Yeah. And it's good to see his prayer because um, he's reminding God of his promises. Yes. Yes. And I think that's how we ought to pray. Yes. You always want to pray God's word because that's what he will really respond to. Yes. So. I mean, it's a, it's a thing that I've, all, I've noticed about God in that I'm sure he speaks more. But it's just, he, he's not excessive in his speech. He's not excessive with his um, promises, you know. He will make the one promise, that's it. Don't, you know, but when that one promise has everything wrapped in it. Yeah. You know, he's very, because he knows the beginning from the end, he sees everything. He knows, you know, what to say. And, and you can just see in this prayer how Jacob's heart has changed from deceiving his brother to get the, the birthright in exchange for stew. To now, like, Lord, I had nothing. You yeah. Know, he knows that he's nothing and that what he has is as a result of God. So he's he's going to the one who has kept him this whole time, protected him. And he's he's also going on the fact that he's seen God keep his word those 20 years with Liban. Yeah. And, and leaving Liban's household. So you can see that uh, Jacob's finally matured. Mm. He's grown up a bit. The old Jacob would have uh, plotted and schemed and used, um, I guess, his intellect Mm -hmm. to save him from his own um, consequences or his own repercussions. But now he's actually turning to God and saying, God, I need you to to step in and be the God that you promised you would be, Mm -hmm. Um, which is really good to see. He's definitely relying on God now um, fully. Yeah, and I, I just love that. But I, it just me too. I've, I know that I've had I've had moments of prayers like that when it's like you're honest with how you feel in terms of your fear, your your doubts, your all of those things that can you know just being honest with him. Even when it's self inflicted, I think that's an important thing to note that a lot of the times when when things aren't self inflicted, we feel guilty and we don't turn to God. Because Jacob would know directly like his brother Esau's come for him because of what he did and what he did was wrong. And that's the time when we're least likely to turn to God because we're like, well, I deserve this. Well, maybe God's not going to save me or he's not going to help me because 
I'm the one that's in the wrong. But Jacob clearly had an understanding of God's mercy because if he didn't, he wouldn't turn to him. He wouldn't even think that was an option. He would use his own devices. Um, and obviously, if you think back to the first deception that we saw with Esau and his father, Jacob would have heard, certainly heard of the the word that came at his birth that, you know, um, the younger, the older would serve the younger. Yeah. Yeah. But still, he used his own means to... Um, to get to that prophecy, it was to get to that end. But now it's not that way. No. Now he's changed. Now he's like, okay, God, help me, help me, please. I mean, and if there ever were a time for anyone to use their schemes, it would be now. Someone is telling you, your brother's coming with 400 yeah. men. 400 men. 400, you know. Yeah. So Twini will fly from London to Dubai with 400. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a few planes. And then you see you see the wisdom that follows that prayer. Yeah. When he's like, okay, I'll give him a gift. The breakdown is interesting though, I must say. It's it's interesting. As in like how many of each? Yeah. If this is how much he's given, think about how much he actually has. Yeah, true. It's a lot of female goats. I mean, that's what I was going to say. 200 and then 20. Because they know you just need... You don't need many. One can impregnate beer at once. Beer. Beer. Hmm. Anywho. And now we go to... And then he's bro- he's broken them up. So these are what... Maybe this is already three groups that have gone ahead of him. Already. Um, and he tells them what to say. Be consistent. He instructs them well. Uh, yeah, he definitely makes that same way. They're loyal to Jacob as well, these people, though. I mean, there's these servants, right? So it's literally their job. I guess, but you never know. This is their livelihood. This is. This is their livelihood. Then he sends them away. I think now it's interesting that he's now wrestling with with a man. Mm. And we know this man to be the angel of the Lord, mm-hmm. represent, representative of the Lord. And I think I heard a preaching one time that said that it was the, the um, when he struck his hip or inside the hip, um, that was actually an act of mercy. Because if the sun had risen and he had seen, literally seen God's face, obviously no one can see God's face and live. So it was to spare his own life. Mm. There was no other way to, because Jacob was not going to let go. He was relentless. He was not going to let go. That's an interesting take. Yeah. I, I thought that was quite interesting. That, that was an act of, you would not have thought it was an act of mercy. Because like, okay, why you have to do that? But it's kind of, because Jacob was not going to let go, he had to do that to save his own life. So you can't see God's face and live. He touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Dislocated his hip. Damn. I know. Female right out of the little groove. What's that? I was going to ask you, though, for you that know the body parts and thing to explain it. What it looks like for a hip to be dislocated. Not what it looks like, but what, what, what thing 
Is it on the side, in the front? Is it the side? So the hip is actually like this. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's somewhat similar to the shoulder. So it's not it's not inserted from the front, it's inserted from the side. Okay. So, yeah, it would have, but there's so much muscle around it. It would have needed to just be oh, kind of like popped out. Yeah. It's, for your shoulder to pop out, it's kind of easy. It's very yeah. easy to dislocate your shoulder. It's almost a, it's like a floating jo- joint. Yeah. But for your hip, because your hip stabilizes the whole body as well. That's um, why he's limping afterwards. Yeah. It keeps you upright. It, it holds the trunk as well. Like yeah. this whole midsection. No, yeah, it's a big deal for your hip to get popped out of place. And it's interesting. His hip has now been dislocated, but his thing is, I have, um, I have seen the, I have seen God face to face. Yet my life has been spared. So he he understands. He's not upset. Like he's not going around like, oh my gosh, now I'm limping. Mm. You know, his response to it seems very grateful in a sense. Jokes. My life has been spared. And it's um, it's so interesting that the thing that he's wrestling this man, Angel person, for is a blessing. Mm. I will not let you go until you bless me. Um, he knows the, the power, the potency of a blessing. Yeah. And so, and he knows that's the only thing that would really deliver him because he has seen how the blessing has worked for everyone else before him, for him in his own life, but also mm. all of those, um, all he's like, I guess his, his ancestors, his mm. uncle, what was his father, his grandfather. Um, so I, I can see why he would, he'd be desperate for that. He could have asked for anything if there was anything to ask for. Yeah. And he, he was like, no, bless me. I need you to bless me. So it's really, it's really interesting. Yeah. Cause the last, technically the last blessing that he got was from his, his dad. Uh, now his dad is not here. It's like, no, 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 you bless me. Let the God of my grandfather, Abraham and my father bless me. Cause if you bless me, no one can touch me. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm looking forward to Genesis 33 now. I'm looking forward to it. You ready? See you guys. See ya. Pew, 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 pew.